listener, it may shock you to find out that you are listening to a podcast. This is a podcast about movies. The the voice you're hearing is is Emmett, the tall half of Cinema Bums. And the voice you're hearing now is Wade, the other half of Cinema Bums, coming to you live through your ears. Live? We are actually not through your ears, in your ears. We have discovered new technology, shrink ourselves down to the size to play you a little private concert right there in your ear holes. So we promise to be good to it. And with that being said, (laughs) coming to your brain from your ears, coming to your brain from your ears, it's us, (laughs) Cinema Bums. Uh, We're here with yet another year of Bumtober Bracket, a very exciting time of the year for all. You may remember from times past, we do a sports tourney style bracket for the entire month of October to determine what our next series will be. But dear listener, this year, we have decided to get extra crazy and do a <laughs> single film instead of a film series. You thought we'd never do it. You thought we'd never talk about a film that didn't have at least three sequels. But here we are on a break with tradition. Well, listen, Bumptober is really about giving the listeners, giving you guys what you want. It's the one time a year we let you pick series Mm -hmm. from a list of series that you have submitted Mm -hmm. and every year when we say please send us a movie series or a creative whose movies you want to see covered always a handful of you wonderful listeners send us holes 2004 (laughs) or aquamarine 2005 or some other single movie that you love or asking us to, like, just cover Prisoner of Azkaban. Right. Well, that is not what we're going to do. <laughs> that, we won't, yeah. Don't worry. We won't do that. But what we really wanted to open it up to was what are the movies that we would never get a chance to cover in our usual format? Absolutely. And that really applies, too, to directors. I think maybe on this list of 32 movies that were submitted, there's maybe, like, four who are from directors that we would maybe cover mm-hmm. one day. But for the yeah. most part... These are movies that are not remakes. They're not sequels. They don't have sequels. They don't have prequels or spinoffs. They're not from directors whose works we're particularly interested in covering other than the movies that have been submitted. These are kinds of movies that actually don't exist anymore because you will notice that every movie now is a sequel or a remake or something. So we're talking about a a dying era of film here, listeners. Especially because these are not all like Oscar watch movies, you know, because those are still standalone. But we're talking about a lot of mid-budget movies and a lot of kids live action movies. And neither of those really are getting made these days. And a lot of like kind of serious adult dramedies. Right. But not like weepy playing for the oscars for the most part exactly exactly like a movie they made because they thought someone would pay money to watch it in a theater (laughs) yes like a movie they made (laughs) out of their own creative spirit or something (laughs) wild yeah so thank you all everyone who submitted for answering the call we put out on instagram the first 32 movies that were submitted that fit the bill have made it onto this list now, please tell me there were people on this on this submission who were submitting, like, series, right? There, there must have been. 
Okay, there was at least one where someone, a lovely listener, submitted the movie Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Uh-huh. And I wrote it down and then looked it up and found out it had a Netflix sequel that came Uh-oh. out last year, 20 years later. 20 years And I later. think there were a few others of those, like ones that you don't realize are in some weird way part of the series, but actually are. Yeah. Um, but I will say that no one submitted Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. I will say to listener Ashley, who submitted the movie Moulin Rouge, first of all, yes, it does fit the qualifications we ask for. Second of all, I have great news for you, which is that we have already manifested an episode of Moulin Rouge that you can find just a few back from this in your feed, along with other similar movies by director Baz Luhrmann. So. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy to deliver that good news to you first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's let's just kick it right off. Getting into these movies, we've already paired them up with their bracket partners, mm-hmm. and we're just going to we're just going to buzz on down this list and uh try to get through it without too much <laughs> diversion. <laughs> first up, we've got the classic Monster House versus Possibly another classic, but perhaps less remembered. Scary Godmother, Halloween Spectacular. Halloween Spooktacular. Oh, Spooktacular. Spooktacular, yeah. Halloween Spooktacular. So two CGI animated scary movies for kids. Mm -hmm. I will say I had not heard of this Scary Godmother movie I looked it up. I am not entirely sure if this was a suggestion made in good faith. Or if this is one of those things our listeners will do where they submit something they want us to endure. Oh, uh (laughs) uh-huh. You know? Um, That was the vibe I was getting by looking at, like, what appeared to be some very early 2000s, like, Cartoon Network animation. CGI animation. Gotcha. Yeah, there those are. Okay, next up. We've got two rom-coms. 50 First Dates. Versus Down With Love. All I have to say about this is, folks, please vote for Down With Love because there's not a chance in hell I want to have to talk about 50 First Dates. Have you seen Down With Love, Emmett? No, I haven't. But I have seen 50 First Dates, so... (laughs) Down With Love is one that people the last few years have been telling me, like, you would like this. I know it's got Ewan McGregor and Zellweger. Oh, come on. Come on. Kind of one that I've been wanting to watch, but I I would love the opportunity to. All right. Awesome. Next up, we have got two classic movies about kids doing criminal activities. It's (laughs) Holes and Millions. Millions is a weird one I remember from my childhood that is about a kid finding a bag of money, basically. And Holes is about a kid digging holes. Yeah, it's about young Shia LaBeouf getting sent to prison camp. Sort of a um, predictive movie of the future. Yeah. For Shia LaBeouf. For real. Next up, two sort of family comedies. Uh huh. We've got Captain Ron versus We Bought a Zoo. Ah, yes. If I may be so bold, I'm not sure our listeners will know as much about Captain Ron, even mm. though it has been mentioned on this podcast before. True. Emmett, how would you explain Captain Ron? 
I mean, other than by saying that it's the greatest movie of all time, which is obligatory in my contract, that I must <laughs> I must say that. Uh, otherwise, our number one sponsor, Molly Lovejoy, will stop sending me Venmos to buy myself Toaster Strudel when I'm really down on my luck. So, I, yeah, I must attest, <laughs> this is the greatest film ever put to film. It's about a family that buys a boat or inherits a boat is going to do like going to go on vacation with it has no idea how to sail. So they hire a captain played by Kurt Russell who proceeds to just mess up their life in all the best kinds of ways. They learn a little bit about life and a little bit about love and have a, (laughs) have a good old time. Versus we bought a zoo, which is I believe about Matt Damon buying a zoo. I think it's about Matt Damon avoiding a divorce by getting really interested in zookeeping. I think it's about Matt Damon's agent um, pulling a fast one on him, <laughs> trying to get rich quick. It's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a joke for this. I, I feel like I'm spending about as much time writing the joke for this as they did on writing the title for the movie. Boom. There it is. Uh, next up, we've got another, we've got two more. I would say they're in the serious muted adult romantic comedy sort of genre. We have got When Harry Met Sally and The Terminal. Uh, yeah, When Harry Met Sally, obviously a classic. I would say one of my favorite movies. And The Terminal 1, I watched as a kid, a Steven Spielberg movie. Uh-huh. It got Tom, it's about Tom Hanks living in an airport, and I believe it's got some of that like post-9-11 like, foreign policy airport commentary stuff. That's, oh, interesting. A lot of movies from that time had, but I remember it just being sort of like quaint and and charming. Hmm. And when Harry Met Sally has like Billy Crystal in the best sweater ever put on screen, basically. So maybe other than Chris Evans sweater in Knives Out. Yeah. Next up, these are two shooty movies, I guess. (laughs) Two like somewhat action adjacent movies. We've got Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, starring Robert Downey Jr. And we've got The Accountant starring Ben Affleck. Now, okay, I'm going to need to call in favors for my fans out there. If I have a single fan, I will know because you will vote against The Accountant and not make me rewatch that hot garbage. I think whoever submitted this was trolling us. I honestly thought that it was going to be my friend who I had initially watched the movie with. I mean, it was so bad. We almost walked out of the 250 cinema for it. It was bad, man. Wow. So, yeah. Well, okay. I can say the person who submitted this did submit it in good faith and said that they were a big fan of Anna Kendrick, which I am too. So oh. that's what I'll say for the accountant. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a Shane Black movie, I think. Who did The Nice Guys, okay. uh, a film I really like. And I believe that's sort of like an L.A. detective noir thing. So Ooh, fun. Okay, next up, we have got two critically acclaimed movies, two movies that uh, would fall into the Oscar watch bracket. Uh, we've uh-huh. got last year's Tar, and we've got 2006's The Lives of Others. Tar is sort of a fictional exploration of a female composer and like what it's like working in the arts world now i don't know it's a super interesting movie and the lives of others is a german film that is about the monitoring of east berlin 
by agents of East Germany's secret police. Okay. It sounds really good based on this description. It won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film that year. So it's like a Cold War spy sort of movie, huh? But in a drama rather than action-y sort of way. Well, it's sounding like a little bit of a like Hitchcocky, like about uh, the relationships between these who's watching who, you know. Yes, 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 yes. Excellent. Tar did not win any awards, but was nominated for Best Picture and Best Director. And speaking of being watched, it follows versus coherence. It follows is an iconic horror movie um, from the 2010s and coherence is a sci-fi thriller from the about the same period as well about a group of friends watching a comet as it flies overhead and then mysterious and creepy things start to happen and it follows is about a a thing that is following people and that's all i'm (laughs) going to say about it really it's very scary not to put my finger on the trigger here too much Uh but um I would probably say that It Follows is my favorite movie of all time. Mm, Wow. And I would love to record an episode about it, frankly, if we had the chance. It is also a movie like its follow-up under the Silver Lake by the same director, where like the emotional core of the movie is entirely told through subtext, and it's very fun. Mm-hmm. to track like what is never explicitly said or shown in the movie but like what is clear when you rewatch it several times i would love to do an episode about that dude that movie is so upsetting but yes i would love to watch it again and be upset all <laughs> over again also i would say one of the great suburb movies Ooh. and our next matchup has another one of the great suburb movies Ooh. a high school comedy that is clueless Mm-hmm. And it is up against the Netflix film Someone Great. Clueless is the iconic 90s movie. It's, you know, like the precursor to Mean Girls and arguably everything, arguably the entire culture. It features some of the funniest lines in cinema history and is just aesthetically pleasing and it's a retelling of emma by jane austen so Mm -hmm. there's kind of like the literary angle as well um it is a um spiritual sibling of 10 things i hate about you in that they're like of the same Mm -hmm. era of the same moment in some ways and both being like retellings of of classic uh rom-coms Okay, Someone Great is also a rom-com. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but it's it's written and directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson, who did last year's Do Revenge. I think people might have known that movie also on Netflix with Maya Hawke. This is her film before that. It's got a great cast, including Gina Rodriguez, DeWanda Wise, and Lakeith Stanfield. No way. And it looks like one of my favorite genres, which is a One Crazy Night sort of movie. Ooh, okay. About a music journalist who decides to do one last hurrah after her boyfriend dumps her right before she has to leave the city to take a new job. So whenever anyone is like, this Netflix movie is good, like Netflix movies are so rarely good that whenever anyone has like somehow found one against all odds, I'm like, great, let's, let's see it. Yes. And speaking of against all odds, uh, we are going to be talking about 
Little Miss Sunshine versus Stranger Than Fiction. Little Miss Sunshine, like the quirky, depressing family comedy of the two of the early two thousands, right? Like, yeah, like kind of the movie of the era. Dysfunctional family mm-hmm. at its artiest, I would say. Yeah, and then we've got Stranger Than Fiction, another strange, sad, sweet little movie from the exact same year. I think they're both from 2006, mm-hmm. featuring Will Ferrell as a man whose watch begins narrating his life. Hmm. And then things begin to get more strange from there. Yeah, I think it's sort of like Will Ferrell's Oscar play, right? Like it was his Eternal Sunshine, him like doing a more serious role. It is like his Eternal Sunshine. And I actually, I think that's an apt comparison. And I liked this one. I like this one better. I think this one is sweeter and more hopeful than that movie is. At least that was my take on it. At the, like the only time I saw it was probably like right around when it came out. Well, I'd definitely be interested to see it. I was not a huge fan of Will Ferrell as a kid when this would have been coming out, but I actually maybe this is my hot take. I actually quite liked him in Barbie, and uh-huh. I've sort of been more into him recently. So I, I would be interested in going back and seeing this. And Little Miss Sunshine is like a classic, and also like Eternal Sunshine. It's a movie where like. You can't blame it for the bad movies that tried to rip it off. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it is like actually still a good movie. So It's so good. It's, it's so good. Uh, yeah. Okay, next up we've got two sort of tween fantasy movies, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. That's Stardust and Aquamarine. Yeah. Um, Aquamarine, a frequent point of conversation on this podcast, although I have never seen it. Uh, Aquamarine, Caroline and I have discussed this movie at length, I think, on our The Hustle. Oh, yeah. So if you would like to know more about that movie um, and not The Hustle, go listen to most of that episode because that's what that was about. Stardust is, I think, a retelling of Peter Pan written by Neil Gaiman in the early aughts. So I think it's probably like a little twisty, a little darker, a little more high fantasy. And well, it is based on a Neil Gaiman novel and it is directed and co-written by Matthew Vaughn of X-Men first class fame. So he always brings a lot of style and energy to these movies. Next up talking about style. We've got a movie looper, and about time versus about time. These are two different styles of time travel movie. We've got Looper in which uh, Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Is that a spoiler? <laughs> wait, I actually don't. That remember. is a spoiler. Okay. <laughs> I'll bleep okay. it out. <laughs> okay, wait, never mind. So <laughs> I can't even remember which of them the movie start. Like which it movie? Which of them it the starts? The movie is following. about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is a time-traveling bounty hunter, and he gets sent on a mission which may endanger his very past and future. Did I yes. do it? Did I do it without spoilers that time? I'm not sure you did it accurately, but you did do it without spoilers. <laughs> well, I guess that's better. Um, and about time is a really lovely time travel romance, like romance with Rachel McAdams. 
no, it's not the time traveler's <laughs> wife. Oh, wait. Another, <laughs> another sweet romance time travel movie with Rachel McAdams. It is about time. Domhnall Gleeson. Wow. I would love to see it. I never have. I love a time travel movie, and those are both great picks. Speaking of great picks, this next movie, the first in this next matchup, is the only movie that was submitted twice by two different people. Okay. As was our very first Bumtober winner, Taika Waititi. So this gets the Taika Award for most likely to have a large fan base. And that is the 2001 French film Amelie. Amelie. Yeah, she's a weird, she's a weird, cute French girl with strange tastes, and there's something creepy going on. Is the vibe I get from this movie, <laughs> and it is up against the 1987 rom-com Moonstruck, starring Nicolas Cage and Cher. God, an absolute! I mean, that movie is just incredible. A, a perfect, a perfect rom-com, as they say. Yeah, it is really great. It's written by my favorite playwright, John Patrick Shanley. So um, we'd talk about that if we did the episode. And um, he also won Best Screenplay and Cher won Best Actress for this. So it was, you know, a big hit and awarded and still remembered today, which is cool. Yeah. Next up, uh, speaking of still remembered today and do we... (laughs) Uh, it's Marmaduke. I don't know who this character is. Wade tells me this is a real live action movie based on a comic strip. And it is versus Little Shop of Horrors. Of course, a a classic of the wacky stuff happening genre. Yeah, I love Little Shop of Horrors. Um, It was a favorite of mine growing up. Yeah, and it was directed by... A director who we've covered in a series, Frank Oz. Oh, whoa, yeah, yeah. It's got puppets and music and uh, both Rick Moranis and Steve Martin play complete douchebags, so. Yeah, it's a really good one. And Marmaduke, I think maybe from the Halloween Spooktacular category of endurance movies that were submitted. Yes, thank you, Patrick. (laughs) And may I just say, this is what happens when you submit five movies, Patrick. (laughs) Sometimes your two movies go up against each other, Patrick. (laughs) I did. I did Cole Patrick's movie list that he submitted down from several more that did not make the cut. Among other people who had that happen as well. The poster for this movie is a Great Dane. Wearing sunglasses. Oh, hell yes, I'm in. Forget everything I said before. Resting between his ears is a cat wearing sunglasses. Oh. And the tagline for this movie appears to be Owen Wilson, George Lopez. (laughs) That's what it says up top. You know, that's all. That's all I needed to know. Which is which? Which is which? Owen Wilson is Marmaduke the dog. And his best friend is Carlos the Cat, played by George Lopez. Damn. Oh, wow. And you'll enjoy this, Emmett. It it stars Lee Pace. Oh, my God. As the father of Marmaduke's human family? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Lee Pace Pace is is quickly coming to Lee replace Liev Schreiber in my (laughs) canon of favorite actors. (laughs) 
Uh, speaking of canon, <laughs> yes, our yes, next yes. movie. Our next movie, two sort of like genre epics. Okay, we've mm-hmm. got 1917, mm-hmm. the World War One movie that is presented in one single shot, and then we've got Interstellar, Christopher Nolan's space movie starring Matthew McConaughey. 1917 was really really good it is it is super impressive i think compared to the the other oscar Beatty movie that compare that tries to present itself as being in one shot birdman oh sure i think the conceit works better in this movie it's very clear why why it's happening like that because they're literally just like running down the line the whole time and it's just like one long sequence of them like getting from point a to point b Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, that makes sense. Also, a lot of other movie podcasts and critics were annoying about 1917. Really? Because they were like, it's like a video game. So I will tell you that we here are pro video game and yeah. pro movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will get none of that snark here. Yeah. And as far, I'm not even big in the genre of war movies, but I was like pretty into it. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's got like every British character actor. Yes, who yeah. kind of shows up once every fifteen minutes. Exactly, that's always fun too. Then you've got Interstellar. I mean, Interstellar, I liked a lot at the time. Uh huh. I wonder how it would hold up today. My feelings um, about both Christopher Nolan and Matthew McConaughey have developed since then, sort of in mm. parallel directions. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a long movie. There'd be a lot to talk about. Yeah. I mean, Nolan is the one who would probably be closest to being covered out of any of the directors on this list. For sure. Or maybe Ryan Johnson with Looper, but don't let that discourage you because there are no guarantees that we would actually bite the bullet on um, willingly talking about (laughs) a movie. Yeah, it's it's tough. I think this might have been Nolan's last movie with any heart in it, and that's interesting. Well, what has he done since that? Dunkirk, Tenet, and Oppenheimer? Yeah. I love Tenet and Oppenheimer, but I am not sure if heart is the word that comes to mind. I don't know. The, it's, this is his most emotional film, wouldn't you yeah, say? Yeah, it absolutely is that. I don't I don't know. It's, it's tough to say because I definitely don't think it's the best, but it also, I think it hits pretty hard. Really interesting stuff. Last, the last pair up, We've got two kind of oddball movies in the hero's journey adjacent sector. We have the green Knight versus Kung Fu hustle. The green Knight is a movie from a couple years ago, starring Dev Patel It's based off of an ancient poem and one of the Arthurian legends. It's a beautiful film with lots of symbolism and stuff for us to get like deep stuff for us to get into on both like the filmmaking and on the interpretive side and just a really cool movie that I think we've already put in like favorites of the year. So maybe our listeners would already know about, but just a cool one that I feel like we could definitely talk about more and the whole world could talk about more. and It would be a good thing, you know? Yeah, if you were a fan of our Lighthouse episode, the episodes in the style of let's just try and, like, figure out what is happening in this movie. Yeah. That is definitely what you would get with The Green Knight. Kung Fu Hustle, I have not seen, but I have never heard anything other than that it kicks ass. Hell yeah. 
I am reading that it is about a murderous neighborhood gang, a poor village with unlikely heroes, and an aspiring gangster's fierce journey to find his true self. Wow. So it's a bug's life? Well, the star is um, a man holding an axe in one hand and a gigantic lollipop in the other hand. Oh my god. And this is also from the director and star, Stephen Chow, who who did Shaolin Soccer, which I have seen. Okay. And is another sort of like wacky movie. So I think that's what this is. Dude, I would I would be into it. I've never really I've never really gotten into the whole like kung fu martial arts movie thing. I feel like it's probably a genre that I would really enjoy if I if I spent some time like going down that rabbit hole and hell, this could be the this could be the opening that we need, you know? So, mm. yeah. So, thank you all for making your suggestions. Bumtober is not about us, but I would like to ask Evan, is there anything on this list you particularly are interested in or perhaps uninterested in? Honestly, everything everything on here is is good. There's obviously some some deep cuts that I would love to cover. Um Aquamarine is one that springs to mind just because we've dedicated so much time to talking about it already. <laughs> yeah, but then there's other the, uh, movies that we could movies that I haven't seen that are on this list and I'm like, "Oh, well it would be fun to watch a brand new one that I've mm-hmm. never seen." And like we said, you know, the sequel-less movies are a dying breed and so it's nice to be turned on to some new sequel-less movies. True. I'm going to say sorry to Anna Kendrick, but any literally any movie but The Accountant. <laughs> will make me happy um anna you didn't you didn't have to do it you didn't have to do it you were perfect in twilight you didn't have to to be yeah well wait is there any movie that leaps out to you as i mentioned it follows i love yeah yeah tar Mm-hmm. the green knight other one i think any of those would be very interesting episodes in terms sure. of what we would be talking about mm-hmm. I, I you know i love when harry met sally and moonstruck but yeah just about i i would be interested in almost anything on this list and it'll be excited to see what our listeners pick well you, you know something that strikes me here right before we we, we close out is that so many of these are romantic in one sense or another, romantic comedy, romantic dramedy. I mean, like probably close to half or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, those movies don't often get sequels because, you know, if they do, it's not good news for the protagonists (laughs) uh, from the last movie. So, So it's really interesting that that's like, that's like a, that's like an unscratched itch of the podcast because we haven't, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of, of room to do those except when we're doing like directors. Mm-hmm. Nothing really more to say on it than that, but I think it's cool. And maybe we'll get to do one with some smoochy smoochies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Not a lot of smooching in the Muppets, which we've been talking about for a long time. So we're actually a little bit too much in the last one with Kermit's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> aggressive takedown of Miss Piggy. But. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, should, I don't this is maybe not relevant to um remind me of the next episode we record to talk to you about animal because i listened to an interview about animal recently that was illuminating but <laughs> okay but now's not the time <laughs> apparently okay we'll get into all of that when we discuss muppets wizard of oz which is probably so far out of whack with this episode <laughs> that you have no idea what i'm talking about but yeah 
what will they be hearing next week? Wait. So uh, this will be dropping very close to us finally wrapping up the Baz series. And then we've got a special treat of our Barbie episode. And then I believe in the middle of October, we will be starting our previous Bumptober winner, The Muppets. Hell yeah. Which we we have banked up a lot of Muppets episodes, so they are ready to start coming out yeah. to you. There are some Muppets episodes coming. Now, you may be wondering to yourself, where is Bumptober? Oh, yeah. Bumptober is on our Instagram, which is at Cinemabums. At Cinema Bums on Instagram, there will be a new matchup to vote in on our story each morning throughout all of October. So please stay tuned and vote each day. Follow us on Instagram so you remember if you haven't already followed us at Cinema Bums. You know, the first 16 days will be these matchups that we just read out. And then from there on, they'll be um, further pitted against each other until we get down to the one true champion. And just so you know, I will be creating a burner Instagram account every single day and submitting, please do Barbarian instead for all 30 <laughs> days of October. <laughs> Great. And with that, dear listener, stay frosted. Cinema Bums is a production of DKG Podcasts. It is created and produced by Wade Lawrence Holloman and me, Emmett Temple. Wade also edits and mixes the podcast. Our theme music is by Zane Holloman, who you can find on Bandcamp, and our show art is by Autumn Beckner. Our social media is managed by Laura Bennett. If you like what you hear, please tell all your friends and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, the two best ways to spread the word about our work. You can also follow us on Instagram at cinemabums or email us at cinemabumspod at gmail.com. Don't flake on us. We'll be back next week. 